Welcome to the chat where we talk about all things Chatham. I'm Catherine Glasby, Public Information Director for Chatham County. And with me today is Abby Murphy, my co-host. She is the Public Information Specialist at Chatham County. Abby, we're ready for another show. Yeah, good morning, everybody. and Welcome to another episode of The Chat. We talk about all things Chatham here. Um, so today, we're going to talk about mosquito control. Terry Carlson, our, our director over at Mosquito Control, is here. Thank you for being here today. Thanks for having me. We are going to talk about probably one of the most dreaded things that we have to talk about in Savannah, and that's the mosquitoes. You just get eaten up here. Mm -hmm. um, and I know you guys do a lot to combat that, but before we start talking about that, give us a little bit of background on yourself. How did you end up at Chatham County? Um, just kind of, I guess when you're fighting mosquitoes, you tend to drift towards the southeast of the United States. That's <laughs> yeah. just the, the nature of the, the, the game, I guess. So, But I started in northern Illinois um, doing mosquito control through a health department just south of Chicago. Moved myself down to Memphis after about eight years up in Illinois. Worked in Memphis for a little over six years, um, doing the same thing. I was the entomologist with uh, the big program there. And then job popped open here, slid over towards Savannah and continued to fight and just adjusted to coastal mosquitoes a little bit more than inland floodwater mosquitoes. So um, I've been doing mosquito control basically for a little over 16 years now. And I have a master's degree in entomology from University of Nebraska and I'm into it. I'll put it that way. I'm a bug guy and I like controlling <laughs> public health pests. So. Okay. Public health pest. I, I like that. We're going to use that um, from now on instead right. of mosquitoes, public yeah. health pest. <laughs> I do like that. What, I mean, you, you said that Southeast United States, we get a lot of mosquitoes and those kinds of things. Tell, tell us a little bit why that is. It's it's a geography thing. Um, and when you get to the southeast U.S., you know, Alabama, Georgia, Mississippi, up into the Carolinas, it's just hot and humid and a lot of water. So things tend to kind of drain this way. And it's where mosquitoes are. Where there's water, there is mosquitoes. So And the coast brings a whole other level to it, too. So the closer you get to the coast, the different types of mosquitoes you deal with. And they have really large numbers at times, I'll put it that way. Yeah, they absolutely do. And let's talk about the different types because, you know, t typically when I think of mosquitoes before I took this job, I thought about, oh, gee, they bit me. Yuck, I have a big welt. Um, and those are the nuisance mosquitoes, but there are other mosquitoes too. There's a lot of different mosquitoes. You're talking 3,500 different species of mosquitoes oh, worldwide, wow. about wow. 175 in the United States. But here in Chatham, we are at 43 different types of mosquitoes. Control-wise, really, we're only going to talk about 12 okay. that, that bother people or spread disease. Um, okay. Most of them are off in the woods, biting birds, biting reptiles, deer, other things, and they don't really bother people at all. So we don't really find them very often, very low numbers, not really a problem. So the 12 that we kind of are concerned with are split into two categories, and it's not alive or dead. It's nuisance <laughs> or vector. So okay. are they going to spread a disease, or are they just going to bite you and make you welt up? So that's that's the difference that we look at when we get to our 12 kind of species of concern. Mm -hmm. And what kind of diseases come out of the ones that we see here? Typically here, we're only going to deal with West Nile virus and Eastern equine encephalitis called Triple E. So that's our main concern. Now, you always have to worry about something new showing up or coming in like 
chikungunya in 2014 was the big virus of the hour kind of thing. And then in 2016, Zika kind of hit the world stage out of, out of nowhere. So you're always concerned about what's next and what's coming. So depending on what pops up, we'll adjust ourselves accordingly and we know our species. So, and we trap and look for them. So if a new species shows up, we can react to that, look to see how it will concern us, whether it's not going to be a problem or again, turns into a nuisance or a vector concern, depending on virus, disease, whatever else starts showing up. And when you say vector concern, that usually deals with disease, right? Right. A vector basically is an animal that transmits a disease. So the nuts and bolts of it are are that simple. It's just you're looking for an animal that transmits a virus or bacteria from one animal to another animal. The vector is the middle road, and it's a required step in the actual transmission of it. So Zika, Tripoli, West Nile virus, you can only get from a mosquito. You can't get it from person-to-person contact. Well, I'll say Zika kind of changed the game a little bit with that okay. thought. But in general, 99% of the time you're going to have a mosquito bite being the, the transmission of the virus. Okay. And the prevalence of these diseases can... It ramps up at different times of the year, correct? There's seasonal right. differences. And with some of the viruses, you look at potentially different years. Um, oh. Triple E isn't normally a annual concern, even mm-hmm. the type of year. There's kind of cycles to it. Triple E typically ran in about a 10-year cycle in most places in the United States. So it kind of comes and goes and... You don't really see it much in between, but every now and then you'll have a little, you know, a mosquito go positive or one of our sentinel chickens will come up with a hit, but you won't see a big transmission cycle. West Nile virus changed that when that hit the United States in 1999. It, it shows up every year, mm-hmm. basically wherever it is. Now the severity of it is what changes. Some years we only see a couple mosquitoes go positive and then other years like 2019 was our second highest, second most active year for West Nile virus in actual caught mosquitoes. So you run through a cycle with it, but typically with human transmission, July, August, September, into early October for West Nile virus is our big concern. That's that's when we're deep in the West Nile season. And with this winter being kind of a more mild, warmer winter, does that affect when the diseases start to show up? Could they potentially show up a little sooner since it hasn't been as cold for so long? Um, generally from work in other places and being here a couple of years, you don't really see the seasonality of it change much. You, you, you can see an early hit every now and then, but it doesn't really impact how frequently you'll see it after that. Like you'll get a positive mosquito and then you might not see it for a month. And so it kind of depends, but generally, no, it's going to kind of show up in potentially late June, early July. We'll mm-hmm. probably start to see the positives and it'll build through August and, into September and then start to wane off when you get to the end of September into October. But human cases generally lag about two to four weeks behind our mosquito cases. So, because it takes people probably about a week or two to actually develop symptoms and and things like that. So really with the, the mild winter that we had, it's more of a nuisance problem. I'll put it that way. Right now we're seeing nuisance mosquitoes and this is early. Um, We've we've had some hatches in February. Right, yeah. warm and wet. Yeah, so it's been ideal. You know, February was, you know, 80, I think, I believe we had one day in February that was 86 degrees, which right. was a new record. So yeah. it's anytime you're that warm, mosquitoes are going to be there. So temperature won't really dictate how bad the mosquitoes are. It's the water that dictates how bad the mosquitoes okay. are. So the all the water we've had draining to us 
and then the rains we've had here is this is the big concern. It's always going to be warm enough in Savannah to have mosquitoes at some point of the year. <laughs> so how bad that gets a water issue. Right. So let's let's talk a little bit about what you guys do to combat mosquitoes and disease in Chatham County. Um, I know everybody sees our helicopters fly because they're they're bright yellow. Right. Um, but we also have people that go out and check uh, traps. We have people that are actually studying those mosquitoes. What kind of walk us through what your department does? Well, at the ground zero of it all, we base mosquito control on surveillance. So we go out and we catch mosquitoes. We run traps. We run multiple different kinds of traps. So we get them coming to us. Um, traps are run weekly. We've been running them all winter. So we don't really take a break until temperatures are really below 40 degrees. Like okay. our, our traps are almost always out year round. So the traps come in, you know, once a week and we have somebody, a taxonomist on staff who identifies the mosquitoes down to species. So we know if they're a concern for us or not. And then we test them too. Mm-hmm. So the species that are vector mosquitoes, we actually send off to the University of Georgia and they get tested for the viruses, pretty much all viruses to tell you the truth. But we really look at, you know, West Nile, Tripoli. Um, sure. There's some other ones that haven't really been a problem, but we check for them anyway, like St. Louis encephalitis and lacrosse virus. Okay. We check for them, but here they've never really shown up. So not really a concern, but we still do monitor. And then decisions get made. Um Our technicians that are out running the traps also will go out and check standing water sites. So we'll find immature mosquito larvae in the water, and then we decide to treat on that, treat the water. So that way we're not just waiting for them to become adult mosquitoes. We actually have a very large program to treat water, and our helicopters are involved in that, as as well as our technicians. And then we, um, so we try to, first and foremost, we try to kill mosquitoes before they become adults. It's most, you know, economically sound and environmentally sound approach to mm-hmm. it. So we get a lot of work done that way. And then depending on trap numbers and stuff like that, we can start to approach, you know, adult control. You know, I mean, sometimes it will rain for an endless amount of time and we just couldn't get larval control done or on a big enough scale. So the, the adults show up. And plus, Mm -hmm. we are a border county, so um, we don't do much control in Jasper County, South Carolina, or in Bryan County. So we kind of sometimes have to deal with the migrating mosquitoes. Um, So how we react kind of depends just on what we're finding. So surveillance is a big tool. It drives everything we do and how we react to it. So it's probably, you know, where we put most of our efforts. And if people call and say, I got a mosquito problem in our yard, our first response is probably going to be to send somebody to your house. One of our technicians will show up and start looking. They can, you know, kind of identify the mosquitoes in the field and let you know, well, I found this bucket in the corner of your yard breeding mosquitoes. That's where your problem came from. Sure. Or, well, unfortunately, there was a big salt marsh mosquito hatch. And since they fly about 20 miles, um, we're seeing a problem kind of everywhere and it's not just you. And so then we schedule things appropriately. So it's a, it's a big help to have those technicians. They're kind of the the crutch of the whole program. Mm-hmm. So they kind of keep it going and keep it very scientifically based. So we're not just putting out pesticides to put them out, right. which we don't want to do. Um, outside of the surveillance kind of telling us where we need to be and how we need to get there. Um, we do do source reduction. Um, we run on a grant with the army Corps of engineers where we dig ditches, over just across the Savannah River in South Carolina to try and mitigate the number of mosquitoes hatching off over there. So we have two big pieces of amphibious equipment that float and 
dig some very big ditches for us. I'll put it that yes, way. We move, we move a ton of water over there out of that area. So when that soil gets bad and it cracks and then it fills up with water from a rain, the mosquitoes that can come off are staggering. Egg counts back in the 70s were showing about 100 million mosquito eggs per acre. Oh, over wow. across the river. So the numbers can be brutal if we don't dig ditches and kind of get that water off of those mosquitoes' eggs as fast as possible. So source reduction's big. And we do that with people in their backyards. Like I say, tip and toss is a form of source reduction, mm-hmm. and that's what our technicians get involved in. You know, uh, we found your bird bath. We found this bucket. We found just a random piece of garbage sometimes. Um, right. Your garbage lid's cracked. So now your garbage can's holding water in the alley or something like that. Sure. We see it all the time. Tires. You can kind of make a list that goes on almost forever with anything that holds water. You can get mosquitoes in it. And down to the size, literally, of a bottle cap, you can see them in it. So not very common for that. It's not very common for a bottle cap to hold water for seven days. But it can happen. So, And then, you know, we start to plan our control with actual pesticides off of that. You know, we have ground control with trucks. We do have ULV, ultra-low-volume spraying trucks. Um, if you've been around the Savannah area for a while, you remember it probably more from the 80s and the 90s when we were really truck heavy. Um, yeah. So the trucks do drive up and down the roads and the alleys. Um, we use them kind of more of like a surgical tool now. Um, if we have a small area that's having a problem, we can get the truck in and out and potentially only apply pesticides to three or four city blocks. Mm-hmm. As opposed to our helicopters, which when they go to apply adulticides, so pesticides used to kill adult mosquitoes, right. they are more large area attack force. I'll put it that way. Each helicopter covers about 6,400 acres in a night. Okay. So, and we can have up to three helicopters out spraying at a time. So oh, we wow. can get, you know, over 18,000 acres done in one evening with our kind of with our helicopter missions. Mm-hmm. So sometimes we need to go big. You know, you get a big salt marsh hatch and you might have mosquitoes from Tybee all the way through Port Wentworth. Sure. Um, so you got to cover a lot of area pretty quickly and you have a kind of short window to do it. I'll put it that way. Um, as much as fast as you can get on them after they migrate, the better. Because you don't want people to deal with that biting level for multiple weeks is right. the big thing. So because uh, you completely lose outdoor activity at times with the number of mosquitoes there can be. So it's a it's a big program. It's a well-balanced program, and we go after it. Any way we can kill a mosquito, we're willing to look at it, and we're willing to try it. So we run everything through its paces. You know, even all of our pesticides, we make sure they work and that they actually kill mosquitoes So before we put them out. Yeah. Uh, you guys have an amazing program. I've been out to your facility, kind of gotten a tour out there, and um, one of the things that really impressed me was that you guys actually have people from other counties and other cities come here to see what you guys do because you do it so well. Um, When you have a program like that, that's something to be proud of, but it's just, it always amazes me that Chatham County is that way. You know, I mean, we're, we're, we're one of the front leaders in that. And I think with obviously living here and if we didn't treat, we would all be uh, number one, we'd probably all be sick, but two, we'd all be miserable. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we're, we're very thankful for what you guys do. I know you guys, it's kind of a thankless job because um, you do yeah. you do get a lot of complaints about how you do things, but you do it for the good of the community. And I think that's something that our residents have to, to really look at. Um, we want to have you back over the course of the next month or so and really kind of delve into each section of this because there's so much more that you guys do just beyond 
mosquito control. There's so much you do in mosquito control, but then there's stuff that you do beyond that. Um, I know what we use your, your helicopters for uh, law enforcement missions and fire missions. You guys were a part of the apartment fire that we had on President Street a couple weeks ago, um, or it was last week, I think it was. Um, so you guys are a part of that. You you really make sure that your assets and your resources give back to the community. And we want to delve into that a little bit more. Um, but I know we're running out of time today, so we're going to ask you to come back for that. Um, Abby, final thoughts, questions? Um, no, I think that, that about covers it because I know we just kind of wanted a general overview and you definitely answered some questions that I've had been wondering with, you know, the warmer climate and everything like that. So I think I'm good. Yeah. All right. Sorry. Well, final thoughts, anything you want to leave the, the public with today as far as an overview of mosquito control? Um, well, I'll just say mosquito season starting, um, as early as it is, unfortunately, um, mosquito season is here. So get ready. Um, raining today. Get out in your backyard, start checking those containers, make sure you're not holding water around your house. You know, I know it won't fix all mosquito problems, but it'll help you out a bunch and it'll help us out a lot. So get out, you know, tip and toss, remove as much water as you can. Keep it going through the summer. I know it can get long sometimes, but, you know, get out there at least once a week. And if you move water, it helps us out a lot. My, my final thought here is um, if you're in a neighborhood, my neighborhood is a kind of a low-lying neighborhood. A lot of times if it rains, we get a lot of, of water buildup in, in the woods behind our house or mm -hmm. um, we're near the marsh. Um, is that something that we, we call mosquito control and have you guys come and look at water that's been standing there for more than seven days? Oh, yeah. Let us, you know, even if it's looking like it's not going to go away in seven yeah. days, you're at day four and you're like, mm, it's just as deep as it was five days ago almost. Yeah. So call us, just let us know. You know, we like to know where mosquito problems are before you do. That's our, that's our goal, but we're not everywhere all the time. So, you know, we need those eyes and ears out there. And if you have a concern, let us know. We'll see how we can address it and how we can take care of it before they start chewing you to death. And you guys can do that by going to um, the chathamcountyga.gov website, look for mosquito control in the department, They'll have the phone number there. They'll have a contact form, I believe, as well. Yeah, we have an email address that you can you can just bounce us an email. Um, our phone number will be there, too. You can call us, email us, whatever works for you. Just, you know, we'll take the information and we'll see how we can help. All right. Well, thank you so much. We appreciate you being here today. Thanks. Uh, this has been great information. And I think uh, coming up into the season, people really need to know. Uh, what they can do to help the community reduce the, the population of mosquitoes to keep us all safe. So thank you. Join us again next time on The Chat. <laughs>